Hello, and welcome back to Literally Literary. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. This episode, we are continuing our discussion on Brother Sleep with Aldo Amparan. Today, we're joined by Aldo themselves to talk about their journey with their debut collection. Okay. Thank you so much for having me here. Yay, I'm so excited. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. so yeah so vanessa's gonna read uh the bio Ah, yeah just to get a little more with a personal touch yes with a personal touch at the end i don't don't want more about aldo alan paran is a poet writer and translator born and raised in the border cities of el paso texas usa and ciudad juarez chihuahua mexico they are the recipient of the fellowships from the national endowment for the arts and canto mundo their work has been Their work has been widely published in anthologies and literary journals, including AGNI, Best New Poets, Gulf Coast, Kenyan Review Online, Pluff Shares, Poetry Magazine, and elsewhere. They hold an MFA in creative writing from the University of Texas at El Paso. And I also work with Aldo at the Writing Center, (laughs) and they're also teaching um, this semester a couple of classes. Mm -hmm. NMSU. Yeah, NMSU. NMSU. Super, super busy. (laughs) How has that been? It's been wonderful. That's Um, great. Yeah, I remember when I was terrified of teaching, but now I I love it. Yeah, good. That's so cool. I think I was the same way too. Yeah, Yeah, in the beginning. Did you start teaching during your MFA? Yeah. 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 I remember uh, Professor Chacon telling me, um, you're going to teach next semester. And I was like, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Deer in the headlights. Yeah, get ready. (laughs) So you taught at UTEP for a couple of semesters? Mm -hmm. And then now you you got this opportunity at NMSU. Yeah, as a visiting assistant professor. So tell us how NMSU is better than UTEP. Ah, (laughs) Background, she went there. Yeah, I graduated from NMSU. She's a sleeper agent. Yes, I know. I had to. I had to throw that in there. (laughs) It's different, right? It's different. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Though teaching at UTEP really helped um, prepare me like to build my syllabi and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you teaching an intro to creative writing, or what classes are you? Um, right now, I'm teaching two poetry classes, um, an intro and a forms and techniques class. Oh, cool. Yeah, and next semester, I'm going to teach a grad uh, workshop. Oh, awesome. Mm. Yeah, there's like little seminar class. Oh, they're the best. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, can I sign up for it? <laughs> I just want to, I'm dying to go back to school. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's no secret. I always talk about it. My students are like, why? I can't wait to be done. I'm like, get out of here. I'm like, I just want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like <laughs> workshops really help uh, propel, like, if you're writing a manuscript, mm-hmm. they, they really help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I miss all the workshops yeah. and the community and and the prompts. Mm, uh, yeah. It really helps when, especially when you're blocked mm-hmm. to like start, you get mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of leads into one of my first questions, Aldo. Um, just if you would uh, please talk about your journey with this particular um, a collection from beginning to publication how it all started when you started writing these poems thinking of these poems um and we always like to ask uh 
uh, writers, you know, about their journey because everyone's journey has been different. Like some people have the in or have networking or um, have taught at different institutions or have just self-promoted. And so it's always yeah. different. So we would like to hear about your particular journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, this book, um, I always love to say um, the origin of the book and the first poem that I wrote it, that I wrote um, were um, the sequence of poems, Primer for a View of the Sea. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote mm-hmm. that uh, poem or sequence of poems um, when I was an undergrad mm-hmm. um, about 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in uh, Professor Sacha Pimentel's class. Um, and I really didn't think the, that the poem was going to make any any book. Um, but then I was looking for poems from my past, my undergrad years, and, mm-hmm. and even, even for, uh, earlier than that. And I saw a possibility there, so I started editing it, and it made it to the book. Um, then um, I started putting together the collection uh, during my around my last year in the MFA, um, or probably my last two years, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, one thing that was really interesting. Um, is that I was terrified of putting this out there. I was terrified of publishing. Mm. Um, So I had the whole manuscript finished, at least the first draft of the manuscript, Mm -hmm. um, before I started sending them out to to journals. Um, So by the time the manuscript was ready, um, I... I actually had to be pushed a little bit to to understand that these poems were ready to to go out into the world. So I started and I, I think that was really fortunate because I had a lot of material to to send out, um, which is very important to to have um, several pieces to send out to journals mm-hmm. uh, and send a lot of simultaneous submissions, mm-hmm. uh, which helped um, get a little bit of attention and yeah. How do you keep track of that? Um, Do you have a a spreadsheet maybe where you keep track of all your I've seen some people who have that and that's really smart. (laughs) Um, Well, what I used back then when I started was um, Duotrope, uh, which actually helped with the creation of those spreadsheets or those uh, management Mm -hmm. of submissions and also uh, submittable was really really Mm -hmm. um, helpful Um, most of the of the submissions were done through submittable and that was easy to to follow yeah Um, some were emails email submissions and that Mm -hmm. was followed through Duotrope okay cool Mm -hmm. and um, what you were submitting and you were talking about the Majority of them being written in the last couple of years of MFA was were those all part of an earlier version of this part of your thesis then? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. a shorter mm-hmm. part of this mm-hmm. yeah. was made up my thesis. I think that goes back to what you're saying about just missing being in that community of workshops and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of students who are taking those workshops now 
have these manuscripts that are ready to go out there. They just need to find the publisher. They just need that push mm-hmm. like you had from, from Professor Sasha. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I actually give a shout out to Sasha because yeah. reading this, Definitely. I felt a lot of, uh, like I was reading some of her work, you know, and this mm-hmm. come from that school. I also mentioned uh, Natalie Sintersapico as well. Yeah, definitely. Who, like, there's this Two uh, huge influences craft, right, of like cutting stuff down, and I see it mm-hmm. here. So. Definitely. Cool. Mm. Since you're talking about your MFA a little bit, um, I kind of wanted to ask you about um, your transition from fiction, because I know you started out um, writing fiction, mm-hmm. and um, about your transition to na- then going into poetry. Yeah, definitely. Um, the my thesis were, was originally going to be a collection of short stories about um, self-destructive relationships, um, but then in the middle of of the MFA, I I encountered two things. I really delved into the sense of line in poetry. Mm. Um, and I discovered um, Ocean Wong's Night Sky with Exit Wounds. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really inspired by that. Um, also, the the ability or the kind of the, the privilege for poetry to be so fragmentary. So um, mm-hmm. being able to jump from one image or scene or feeling to another to another mm-hmm. in such compact space um, really... Um, helped me find that voice. Mm, yeah, mm. I love that. <laughs> were were the short stories that you had transformed into poems then, or did you just kind of toss those aside and start anew um, mm. with the poetry? And mm. and are you thinking of coming back to short stories, or have you put that um, away? So no, no, no short stories were transformed into poems. Mm-hmm. Um, I do plan on coming back to that collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, that collection is more akin to maybe genre fiction, maybe horror or transgressive fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's cool. Which is one of my <laughs> my first influences in when it came to literature and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually. Well, I think the only prose piece that was published um, was published in Pank magazine. Um, it's called Grain. And many people consider that a prose poem, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I published it, I, I had in mind the idea that it was a f- piece of flash fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Richie and I were talking about prior to recording today. Um just like how some of our most favorite fiction is very poetic yeah. or can be. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that, that makes perfect sense. I'd love to read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So <clears throat> I think we were kind of sidetracked. We were talking about the publication history. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about what drew you into Alice James books. And I, my understanding is that you had even submitted previously yes. to winning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I submitted this collection in 2019, which was a year um, for the 29-year prize, which was the year I graduated from from the MFA. Uh, mm. I graduated in 2018. 
I submitted the manuscript to the Alice James Award, um, and it was actually a finalist for the 2019 award, mm-hmm. um, which I, I found really, really exciting, really positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started editing this manuscript, adding a little bit more poems, um, taking out a few um, editing line, especially. And then I resubmitted it um, that year, uh, 2019, for the 2020 award. And um, in around February, I received a call uh, from um, a poet I, I actually really admired, uh, Joseph Fasano. And um, he announced that I was a winner. And I was, I was when, when I received a call from, from Alice James... Um, I was not expecting them to say, you're the winner of the Alice James Award. I was maybe, um, oh, we really love the book and would like to to speak more about you or or even like it's an editor's choice, but like the winner that just blew my mind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Where, where were you when they called? Were you out <laughs> and about? Was, actually in oh. my room. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of early about nine or ten-ish mm-hmm. um, and I received a call and I rarely answer calls cause, um, <laughs> a lot of spam yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, that I just had a hunch I answered and I was like super surprised yeah that's great mm-hmm. and I was alone in my house which was probably a, a good thing <laughs> were you yelling <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got to be a little energetic because <laughs> I'm more subdued um, usually. Yeah. No, that's great to celebrate. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Out of curiosity, when you were a finalist the year before, did you receive any kind of feedback on mm. no. the draft? No. Okay. So that then was, everything was your own then to decide. Yes. To yeah, I was going to ask mm. that. Um, your editing process, like you said, you went back and did some mm-hmm. editing on your own. Was it just self-editing? Did you yeah. get help from... Anyone else? Like, what do you think could make this better? Yeah, it was um, it was mostly myself, um, kind of adding on to to what I had through the newer kind of poetry that I was reading to the mm. newer techniques, newer mm-hmm. influences. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, you mentioned the. Um, line breaks working with that mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of uh playing around with form in this set yeah i hope we can get to later yeah. on but i i do have a question i guess i should ask that now um i did notice a lot of the poems were or are very technical and therefore would be you know great to study in one of those college like seminars grad courses that we were talking about earlier but um do you find that it might exclude some of uh, someone who might be more of a casual poetry reader who might just pick up the book and and doesn't have that background in, in mm. poetry. I would classes. hope. I would hope not. I yeah. would hope that <laughs> that the language itself, um, regardless of the forms and the line breaks and all that, those techniques, is enough to capture um, a reader's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that would just be a hope, but yeah. I do know that that many people um, consider uh, poetry, especially poetry so focused on craft, to be a little um, 
a little, I don't know, creating a distance between them and the reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason I ask that. Like, I guess in thinking about our students, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at EPCC, for example, Richie and I, and thinking like, how can we incorporate or bring this book into the classroom where these students haven't taken a poetry form and technique class yet. And so they wouldn't be able to see the nuances or those kinds of techniques that you're using, but can still read and focus on language and focus on feeling and those Mm -hmm. kinds of, you know, um, I don't even want to say like elementary things because they're not elementary things, but they can still take something from that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, um, that also brings to mind how how popular some insta poetry has become mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and how focused on on feeling the uh, that kind of poetry is instead of of focusing on on craft and and technique and technicalities mm-hmm. um so yeah i understand how kind of like the technique might be a little bit creating a distance between the the work and the and the reader, mm-hmm. um, but I I do hope that um, readers can can find the language and the imagery and the feelings mm-hmm. um, as powerful, mm-hmm. and maybe bring a little bit more attention to that technique, that craft. Mm. Yeah, um, mm. might just have to work at it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, it also mm. inspires them to want to understand, like yeah. how mm. the poem works yeah. on a technical level. Right? That's what I always encourage my students. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're having trouble with it, it's almost more rewarding when you can spend some time with it, and it's just like appreciating art, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there's feeling in it as well, right? Yeah. Feelings always first. I always think of uh, was it mm-hmm. E. E. Cummings since feelings first, or or who yeah. was that? Uh, or Wordsworth even, but uh, I, you you hope too. Once you put it out there, you just like I hope there's a bold reader who will pick this up and want to find something mm-hmm. through the words. Definitely, yeah. Cool. It's mm-hmm. a great question. Yeah, you kind of mentioned a little bit about your editing, um, and in having taken your class, um, I noticed that a lot of the styles we were talking about in class and all of the different techniques we were talking about in class um, are really heavily used in the book and I wanted to ask you um, if teaching those um, techniques and those styles in class really helped you during your editing process definitely and also the writing process Uh, um, I try to teach everything that makes up my aesthetic and Mm -hmm. um, and I do um, let my my students um, know that I'm teaching from my own aesthetic and their a lot of ways to to write to to create poetry, um, but yeah, um, it was the the classes were really really important for me to to get to edit and to create um, because I'm exploring the my influences basically. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I I like to teach everyone that has influenced me creatively. Mm, yeah, a lot of living authors. Yes, too, yes, right? definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About ninety percent of of the readings that I teach are from living authors. Yeah, yeah. So we do on the podcast as yes. well. That's why, I like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. 
Cool. And what, what class was this again? That- yeah. It was actually an intro to creative writing class. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And who yeah. are some of those authors? Let's give them their flowers. Ooh, obviously Ocean Vong. <laughs> yeah, is Ocean Vong. Um, <laughs> Jericho Brown. Jericho Brown. Oh, I just oh. read. Oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> so good. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm blinging on all the names. <laughs> um, Natalie Santos at Pico. Yeah. Yes. Let me see the Virgin Cities. Um, or some other. So I, what I teach... Our selections of poems. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was one from Virgin Cities and one from Lima Limon. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, who else? Who else? Mm. I remember the pieces more than the names of the authors, and I feel <laughs> Did really Did you know bad. you were going to have a pop quiz <laughs> no, today? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't. I wasn't ready know. for this quiz. <laughs> you should always know I pop quiz you. <laughs> I know you guys are always quizzing me. <laughs> I'm like, I never know. <laughs> so just maybe last quiz question of, of this moment, since you're talking yes. about a class you had, what's one of your biggest takeaways from his, from their class? Uh, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, but <laughs> sorry. You're, now you're in the hot seat. I know. I'm being There was so many. Honestly, I had never written um, fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so I got to practice that a little bit in their class. And I actually really enjoyed it. It was fun to like try something different, like from poetry. Yeah, great. Did you get an A in that class? I did actually. I always make a joke um, that it was basically just me, Aldo, and my sister in the class because <laughs> we were the only ones that would ever talk. Yeah. Really, oh. Oh, shy, shy kids. <laughs> Yeah, it's always the case. She was. Had you always been like that in school? The ideal student. No, and then I don't think I was like <laughs> that at all. I wasn't. No, even, I wasn't even like that in the majority of my classes. It was like mm. only a handful of classes yeah. that I was like. It's just because like I made it so welcoming. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're talking about kind of using the the framework of the publication history to kind of explore deeper, right? Yeah. Alice James book award. That's amazing. Congratulations again Thank on you. that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Especially as a debut. Like mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Um, like where do you go from here? Although <laughs> <laughs> I wonder the same. Fiction. The fiction is coming I back. I don't want to come yeah. back to that fiction, but I do have a, a manuscript that I'm working on. It's mm-hmm. poetry. Yes. yes. Awesome. You wanted to talk about where this has taken them and readings and features. Um, and well, I thought you wanted to ask them more about the techniques. I feel like that's kind of where we're at, no? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, where did I want to go with this? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, I had mentioned uh, at least reading. I mean, there's there's so much to unpack in it. And that's one of the, the powers of poetry. Yeah. To pack in so much, you know, through imagery, through form. And even how we break that form, there's so much of that in it that we talk about. I think mm-hmm. that I think is really interesting. But one thing that stood out to me were like kind of sometimes I saw glimpses of like cinema, cinematic techniques. You oh, know, yeah. and so much of that is based on the image and the way you frame something. And I, I see that a couple times here. Um, I want to be able to see. I don't know why I didn't. I didn't annotate. The, I'm not against the annotation, by the way. I love writing in books, <laughs> but for some reason I didn't. I didn't. You know, on this one, so I can't refer to anything in particular in the moment. But I wanted to talk about the influence of cinema in this because even this feels like a movie title yeah. poster. Brothers mm-hmm. sleep. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cinema was one of the the first um, influences that brought me to to writing in general. 
um, like my my fiction writing was very indebted to to cinema. So it's I think a, a little bit of an unconscious effort that there's a lot of cinematic technique in the the poems. I do recognize them now, um, and there's even like the title for the last poem. Um, this room will still exist. Is, has been borrowed from um, Charlie Kaufman's. Uh, oh yeah, um, Synecdoche, New York, which oh, is probably so my favorite movie. I was gonna ask you what your favorite movie was or favorite director because sometimes mm-hmm. favorite movie is a hard question to to answer. Synecdoche, mm-hmm. New York. Synecdoche, New yeah. York is probably my favorite. It's a good one. Yeah. This room will still exist. Can I ask you about the Silencio one? Mm, yeah, the the glossary. Yes, yes. One of the, well, when I saw Silencio glossary for what you left and said Silencio eighty four, I just thought of Mulholland Drive. I don't know if that was mm. <laughs> no, that, that was part, no, that was not <laughs> okay. uh, intentional. But but I can see that, but that especially when I because recently I went to see it at the Alamo. Yes, and um, oh, they God. had uh, the. <laughs> The warning that they give to keep silence in the in the theater mm-hmm. was a repetition of the word silencio, silencio. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. Mm, that's awesome. And unless you've seen it, and I feel like everyone who watched that movie at the Alamo has seen it before, and they're just going to see it on the big screen, so they yeah. probably really appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's immediately what I thought of when I saw silencio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That part of the movie, uh, it's so moving. Anyway. There's something you said right now that was really interesting. You said unconsciously Mm -hmm. and finding stuff here. And I think for young writers, I think writer's block, hesitation, all these things happen because I think people are trying to consciously create something. But how much of of it is just trusting yourself and letting the Mm -hmm. language take you somewhere? Yeah. Um. I think poetry taught me to to let go of that mm-hmm. because a lot of poetry is to to follow the language to to mm-hmm. allow your the the procession of one word to another to another to happen mm-hmm. uh, organically. So one of my favorite um, uh, tic, um, exercises that I that I started recently um, doing in class is I ask the students to write um, a series of words that either connect through sound mm-hmm. or through image um, without mm-hmm. thinking of, of what that might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the, uh, a lot of students actually do end up having a, a connecting kind of um, center for the poem. Uh, uh, theme, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, they sound so so much better because of that continuation of of sound and image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, um, that's cool. <laughs> a glossary, if you will. Which yeah, you know, in this in this collection, you have a lot of poems themed around the glossary. Mm-hmm. Left and said, what what kind of influenced that to be a framework throughout the collection? That actually started. Um, as an exercise for myself to to keep me from being a little bit blocked. Um, so I went to 
I gathered some some words that I was interested in. Um, it it began with the idea of of looking for definitions of words that would actually mean something derog- derogatory. Like for example, the mm-hmm. word puñal, mm-hmm. which is a derogatory term in in Spanish for for gay mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to go to the Real Academia Española and uh, look for the list of definitions. And based on, on those definitions, I wanted to come up with images or mm-hmm. or lines that ins- mm-hmm. that they that the definition itself inspired me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> of I course, that. that that strayed a little bit away from those uh, derogatory terms and into more general words that I was that I found interesting in the way they sounded or the way they they looked in the mm-hmm. page. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Experiential too mm-hmm. in some moments I've 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 felt. But um Yeah, I love this yeah. poem. This is one of my my favorites. Do you have a favorite poem <laughs> from the collection? <laughs> I know. I have a few that I I (laughs) love to read in readings, um, but not a specific favorite. It's like asking a parent, who's your favorite child? (laughs) My favorites. I know. (laughs) I know. I liked this one, the glossary Mm -hmm. for what you left in Serpuñal. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, it had so much meaning behind it. and, And I just remember feeling like, like almost heartbroken mm-hmm. after reading it. Yeah. Um, even though I, I've never experienced that, but I felt like I could experience that mm-hmm. reading the poem at least. Um, yeah. yeah, and that that's also something that I love um, to teach in my classes, um, to teach that specificity can, all, can sometimes make the reader uh, feel empa- empathy. Yeah. Rather than mm. being general and trying to to be relatable to everyone by being general. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so one of my or my last question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, you're next. <laughs> I am actually. I was going to ask, what was it like writing about personal moments and kind of in a sense having to relive them every time you're interviewed or doing a reading or a panel? Um, How much of the collection is autobiographical? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you could talk a little bit about about that. Yeah, so the, the emotions in the collection are definitely autobiographical. But I do fictionalize a few, especially images and moments in there to try mm-hmm. to separate myself. Mm-hmm. Because one of the hardest par- uh, parts of writing this collection was uh, allowing myself to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the main purposes that I wanted to write about this moment in, in my life, about, um, about my high school experiences. Uh, because that's when, one, I was struggling with grief. Um, and two, I was struggling to come to terms with my sexuality and trying to come out. Um, and I think by wanting to write about this um, moment in my my life, 
I was trying to allow myself to be vulnerable after so spending so long trying to hide emotions, um, especially during that moment that I'm writing here. Um, I was really in pain, but I was very embarrassed to show that pain to my pet, to my family, to my mother. Um, and I did rely a lot on friends to to kind of vent this these emotions, but I was really embarrassed of them with my family. Mm -hmm. And through this book, I just wanted to allow myself to present those emotions. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. <laughs> Since then, have has your family read it? And um, it? they haven't. Um, yeah. They don't speak English. Okay. Um, so they don't speak English well, well enough to understand mm. what is happening. Um, mm. But um, I'm very worried when there's a translation to Spanish because my yeah. uh, a friend of mine is working on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. Too. And I, I'm going to be very, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's hard. Sure. Yeah. Again, coming back to that vulnerability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. yeah. How would they react? And yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the elements that is actually kind of fictional in, in this is the image of my brother because mm -hmm. I am an only child. Um, but um, when I was um, when I was a child, um, I often felt very lonely. Uh, but for being an only child, for being raised by a single mother who who worked a lot, um, and I always wanted to have a brother. Mm. So around the time of maybe sixth grade, uh, middle school, high school, um, I developed this kind of, I don't know, custom to ask my very close friends if they wanted to be brothers. Um, so I I kind of formed like a, a found family in mm. my, my closest friends. And um, one of my closest friends passed away. Um, one of the friends that I called brother. So mm -hmm. in this book, uh, my attempt was to, through through narrative, through through the through poetic, uh, actually make him uh, brother. Mm -hmm. mm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Is it my turn? I think so. I feel like that's a weird yeah. transition. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I guess my last question is um, just about all the events you've been doing. Mm. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that, if you have any upcoming ones too. Yeah. I have a, a reading coming up uh, April 28th uh, at UTEP. Mm. Um, and I'm going to be reading also in Lubbock. Um, I think um, April 14th. Mm. Yes. At the poetry University? month. Yes. Yeah. Poetry yeah. month. Cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Busiest <laughs> month. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> cool. Lubbock. Mm -hmm. Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Ooh, tell us how that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and UTEP. Should be interesting. Yeah, I know. And then coming back to UTEP at the end of April. Cool. And UTEP, is that going to be part of a series? Uh, or are, they, are there other I'm readers in that, in that? I'm not sure. Um, 
I know um, Sasha is helping organize it, and um, she had ha- wanted to to bring me for a while. Cool. So. Mm. How exciting! Yeah. Awesome. What about some of your past events? Um, so I read at AWP. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a panel there with three other um, Alice James poets. Um, I was really fortunate. The the stage was huge, <laughs> uh, very nerve wracking. <laughs> um, but you did great, Vanessa. Yeah. And I were there. You did amazing. It was so good. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm still terrified of, to to see the recording. <laughs> How did you like AWP as a whole? How was your, it was your first time going and then you were also presenting and you had a signing. Mm-hmm. You're just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was amazing. Um, I got to meet a lot of poets that I really admired. Um, um, made a few friends with some of them, which was like one of my highlights of the, <laughs> of the trip. Yeah. Um, the city was beautiful, um, Seattle. Um, I love rainy days and cloudy days, so <laughs> I was all thrilled about that. Had you, had you been there before? No, it was, mm. it was my first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, being having a, a, a signing, having a, a panel was incredible, especially like for my first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait to return to another AWP. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. It was great. Yeah, it was such a, a great time to event, to attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all, we all had the privilege to go as well in different areas. Like Richie and I were on a panel mm-hmm. talking about this podcast and <laughs> – Vanessa was networking the crap out of. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I knew Vanessa I was, was like, working hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'd be doing something else, and I'll see she like earned her way. <laughs> ten, ten new people liking the podcast page. I'm like, damn, Vanessa's working. Yeah, <laughs> she's talking to people right now. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping that maybe in some future AWPs, I would um, be invited to. Uh, off-site readings yeah which are really fun mm-hmm. so I'm kind of putting it out there manifesting it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes did you go to any off-site reading i did go yeah um um i went to a few uh they were like amazing i would i would yeah. like to be part of one of them they're yeah. more casual it's not this huge stage and a huge ballroom I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah i can see how that would be like a little coffee shop or something mm-hmm. just reading yeah that's really cool mm-hmm. yes well i'm so glad that we got to experience that together and that yeah. you came in and talked about your collection um with us although we're we're thrilled to have you here we're, we want to congratulate you again yes on your words and your collection, and we can't wait to read the the next thing. Mm, Ooh, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think I read some of the pieces. Yes, yes, yes. you did. Ooh. <laughs> A sneak preview. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for coming, Aldo. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and do you have a, a website or a place where people can contact you or check out, like, keep yeah. up with your work? Yeah. Um, com. And um, I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Sky Gone Out. Excellent. 
Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> outro, outro, outro. Spit it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Literally Literary, recorded at Power the Pass and brought to you by Border Senses. This episode, we continued our discussion on Brother Sleep with an interview with Aldo Amparan. If you haven't read it, we hope we inspire you to pick up a copy. Join us on our next episode and follow us on Instagram at literallyliterary.ep and on Twitter at literallylitep.